This is Coach Your Brains Out by Gold Medal Squared. Before we start the show, we just wanted to thank all our listeners who support the show on Patreon. Your contributions add up and mean a lot to us. And we wanted to welcome our newest patron, Andrew McAllister. Thank you and welcome to the team. To support the show, please visit patreon.com slash coachyourbrainsout. Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out, the show that explores learning from the top minds in volleyball and beyond. With your hosts, John Mayer, Billy Allen, Andrew Fuller, and Nils Nielsen. Today we're excited to have on the show Travis Wyckoff. Travis runs a consulting company called Co- Kingdom Coaching, where he works with and coaches leaders and coaches. He's also the host of the awesome podcast called Coaching DNA. Travis, thanks for co- uh, joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. I'm fired up. I listen to you guys all the time, and so... Uh, I, I'm a little starstruck being on your guys' podcast. <laughs> uh, I listen to you all the time, so we're we're starstruck having you. Um, we're looking. I'm looking forward to feedback on our, our questions because you're really good at asking questions. But uh, I know you you played baseball in college. You played in the minor leagues. You coached college baseball for I think 11 years, and then you just decided to get out of it to work with coaches. So I'm curious, what drew you into coaching coaches rather than coaching teams and players? Yeah, I, I spent the 2010 spring as a assistant coach at Dallas Baptist. I, I was there for three years. That was my third year. And I just felt a, a something was pulling me away from, from coaching. And at the time, I just thought it was, man, it's just time for me to spend a little more time with my family. And so um, got out of coaching. And it wasn't probably but about a month or two after I got out of coaching where it, it also dawned on me that no doubt part of it was family, but I just kind of stopped. I just fell out of love with like teaching guys how to pitch the sports specific part of it just didn't intrigue me anymore. You know, for, for the longest time it was, I was, I was always reading and, and looking up different biomechanics and how to throw a breaking ball and how to get your lower half in the pit, you know, all those sort of things. And I just looked up one day and I'm like, I don't really even like baseball that much. So uh, some of it was just, I love people. I love pouring into people. I just didn't want to do it in the in the area of baseball. And then there's another part that I've learned about myself, I would say over the last four years or so, that I just don't think I'm built to to lead in that in that way. I'm just I'm way more wired to be consultant. I'm just yeah, I'm just you know, when growing up, I'm like, hey, it's just a matter of time before I'm gonna be the head baseball coach at Texas. Well, that's not me. I'm not wired. I, I'm not wired to lead a program like that. And um, I think, you know, ego would have kept me from saying that. But now I think I'm pretty comfortable to say I'm just I don't think I'm wired to lead a program like that. I'm way more. Uh, I always tell people this. I'm best when I'm behind the scenes. I don't need to be on the front stage. I don't want to be on the front stage. I want to be pouring into those that are on the, the stage. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, you're front and center on stage now with this podcast. So, <laughs> um, so you have a, a book coming out about your six core principles. I get to start. Why are you led by principles? Yeah. About three years ago, I got turned on to a, a book called Super Thinking, and it was about mental models. And um, just dove in. I geek out on mental models and, and really started, you know, seeing obviously there's just a ton of principles that we all live by. Some of us are just more aware of the principles we're living by than others. And um, that led me to another book um, 
that I read by Ray Dalio, who's uh, founded Bridgewater Associates, a big, you know, billion dollar of investments. And his book was called Principles. Well, I'm reading that and I'm and I'm just connecting dots and thinking, man, there's got to be principles for coaches. There's got to be principles for my personal life. So if I'm really honest, I think I've always operated with principles. It was just here in the last three years or so that I started probably, you know, being more intentional with what are the principles that I'm living by and how can I create or, or how can I live by the principles that are going to really, really move me forward in my life? How can I help maybe coaches figure out what are their principles? So it's kind of a combination of several books that just really started connecting dots for me. So it, it's good to hear, and it's, but I'm curious if you're already living by them, what's the value in, you know, naming them and, and really becoming clear on what they are? I, I think a couple things. One, we're, we're, we might be living by them and they might not be good. They might not be healthy. They might mm. not be the, you know, the, the, the sort of principles we need to live by. And then two, I think it, it's just helpful for clarity. I think it's helpful for correction. Um, you know, I think you tell athletes all the time, you've got to, you've got to know what you're do when you're, when you're right, when you're, when you're really competing at a high level, you got to kind of know what's going on and, and how it's happening so that when you do scuffle, which we'll all scuffle, you can get yourself back on the right track. And I think it's very similar with, with principles, like knowing what I like creating my principles and not just letting them happen, you know, by chance. And then, um, knowing what, you know, knowing the principles I want to live by so that when I do inevitably get off course, it, it, it's, it's just way more obvious. Ah, oh, man, I've got to get back to, uh, my operating principles that i really want to live by because I've strayed or I've gotten off track. So I think, uh, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense. So then with these, we're going to go through these six principles, but with these, are these kind of, you recommend for all coaches or these are your principles? Well, I think there's, I think they're very general principles that, um, yeah, at the very least, I think coaches need to, to wrestle with these six. I actually think they're, they're broad enough where, um, they should hopefully resonate with every coach. And part of the reason why I wrote this ebook, I just want to make sure and be clear. It's like an ebook. So I think Billy, you've, you've actually, um, you know, written some books. This is ebook. So this is short, small, going to be for free. So I just want to make sure I don't, I'm not put in the category of like author or anything on this, but, um, you know, I, 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 I wrote it because I think leadership's really hard right now. There's just, it's, it's just a tough, um, it's a tough area to, to, you know, there's just a lot of challenges for coaches. And so I wanted to give them some, some principles that I actually think can really, really help, um, avert some of the landmines that are, are out there. And I feel like there's more landmines now than ever in the, in the coaching profession. Right. Yeah. makes sense. Okay. So let's go through these principles. The first one is clarity. Is it the first one on purpose is, you know, and why is it important? Yeah. So I think the the first two are are the what I would say are stand out a little bit. So I, I kind of frame it like this. If if we if we graded, let's say John, we just graded you on all six of these on a scale of one to ten. I'm getting nervous. <laughs> I, th I I really believe that 
clarity and then the second one, which is trust. I, I really believe that if you're lower on the scale in, in those two, that really, really hurts your leadership. Mm. I think you can, I think in the other ones, you can have a scale or two that maybe you're just not as proficient. Maybe, maybe you're, maybe, maybe, maybe you're not as inspirational or, or, or maybe you don't connect as well. I think you can get away. I don't think you can get away with a lower grade, so to speak, on trust and clarity. So mm-hmm. I start off with uh, clarity and trust is my first two. And the only reason I put clarity first is because it begins with a C and trust begins with a T. <laughs> but those two definitely, I think, are, I, I, I might even go as far as to say is they're kind of the, the, the pillars. I think the others are important. And I think we should all strive to, 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 to grow in the other ones and to, to get those as strong as we can. But man, if you, if you do things that break trust, man, that's a, that's a tough one. And if you don't bring clarity consistently, that's a, that those are two tough ones to overcome, I think. Right. So I, I guess there's, there's coaches that think they're being super clear in the way they communicate, but then the transmission gets fuzzy because all sorts of things, you know, we're not aware of maybe our age gap or life experience. So how can we make sure that we're being really clear with our, our athletes? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I, I have a couple thoughts. I think one, I actually think if, if a coach has a level of self-awareness, I don't think it has to be a high level, but if there's some sort of self-awareness and, and, and also a desire to grow, which helps the self-awareness, which helps the willingness to be open to things. I actually think they kind of have a gut instinct when they're not being as clear. I, I, I think you kind of know it. Right. I think if you're oblivious and blind, you probably don't. But I think especially the coaches I work with, I think they have a pretty good instinct of like, dang, I just don't know how clear I was in that meeting or I don't know how clear I've been. So that's one thing. And then two, I think and this is kind of gets into the feedback. Um, I think having a really good staff culture that allows a head coach to not just give feedback to his assistants on, hey, you guys got to be more clear, or hey, you might want to articulate it this way because I'm not even sure what you're saying, even though I know what you're trying to say. Not only doing that, but I think having the the assistants give you feedback. Hey, was I clear? What'd you guys think of that meeting? Do you felt do you feel like I framed up what I was trying to get across in a healthy way? Was that an accurate way to articulate that? So yeah, I think staff becomes really important, the people around you, because let's be honest, we're all going to have days or weeks or um, struggles with a lack of clarity at times. And to be able to to know that instinctively, but then also to get feedback from from your staff so that you can correct it, I think it's really critical. Is, is there any other tools you can think of like to, to be able to just check for clarity, like you know, I feel like I'm being clear, but I want to know if the athlete or my, you know, my staff really understood what I said. Yeah. Well, as you say that, I, I, I do think one of the easy, one of the easy ones is to ask an athlete, pull a couple aside. Hey, that makes sense. You know, you guys that under, you know, you guys understand why I was getting at. I think that's mm-hmm. probably a pretty simple one. Here's one of the things that's really helped me is I've started to write a lot and writing reveals a lack of clarity in my thought process quicker than anything. So I'm a verbal processor. So I can honestly, you give me long enough to talk and I might 
kind of gets brings some sort of clarity, but it's I've talked so long that you probably are turned upside down anyways. Well, when you go to write, it just reveals how much you, if you're really clear on it, because it's hard to ramble when you write. I mean, you can, but, you know, so I think writing things out, I, I will always challenge uh, the coaches that I work with write and write out your values, write out, you know, a meeting, write what you're thinking through, because it'll really reveal to you where you don't even understand exactly how you're trying to articulate things. Nice. Yeah. I like that tip. And is there, do you have any other tips, I guess, when um, a coach maybe is communicating with their team, how they can be clear? Is it just like a matter of brevity? Um, I guess, what are some, some traits of clear communication? Yeah, it's interesting because I'm, I like I said, I'm a verbal processor, and so I have my best thoughts as I'm talking. Which, when when I'm on a walk with my wife, is cool. It's no problem. But when you're trying to articulate something really succinctly to your team, and you're kind of rambly, you're getting your point across, but it's it's mixed in with thousands of other words. So one of the things that I personally try to do as I try to grow in this is is to try to think in bullet points before you present, like to have really clear here. And, and this ties into the writing, I think a little bit too, but here are the three points that I want to get across to my team today. Or for me, here are the three things that I want to really talk to my cohort about today and making sure that I bullet point them out. I get rid of the fat. I try to cut all the excess stuff away and just have real good clarity. These are my three main things that for me has has helped on the front end um, as opposed to having an idea of what I want to get across and then rambling for you know 12 minutes. Everyone's got drool coming out of their mouth. They have no clue what I just said. Um, you know, and I actually I actually hindered our program as opposed to as opposed to moving it forward. So I think of you know writing, but also maybe just thinking in bullet points. Here's the three things that I want our people to walk away with. Uh, I don't care if they get anything else, but they, I want them to hit these three things or these two things or whatever it may be. Cool. And uh, yeah, hopefully a lot of the coaches listening uh, have whiteboards too that can kind of help clarify some of those bullet points for their teams. Um, so the second principle, trust, seems vital for any relationship. What can a coach do to build trust? Yeah, so I, I try to I break it into the, to three categories that I think are really critical to build trust. The one is, um, and these are in no particular order. I think they kind of bleed into each other, but the first one is competency. I think, I think you got to know the sport. I don't think you got to be a genius, but you, you, you've got to have a feel for the sport. You've got to be competent, um, in the sport. I think you've got to be competent, obviously as a leader, um, communication and, and those sort of things. So I think you got to be competent, I think you have to have a level of character. I think character really matters. I think I think athletes sniff out bad character um, over time. And then the third one is is I think you got to really care for people. Uh, again, they will that ties into character, but I, I they will sniff out if you're in it for you. You know, if this whole thing, even if you're giving good lip service to hey, I want to develop you, I want to get better, they'll sniff out when it's it's about you and you climbing the coaching ladder and you putting more trophies in the trophy case. And so I think those three things are kind of a grid that that I try to look through on building trust. And um, you know, there's there are obviously tons of nuance to to that. Like I think um I think 
I don't know if you get away with a lack of character. I think, you, you know, I'm just trying to think, for example, a re recruiting situation. You tell a recruit that you're going to, you know, that, that, that you're going to help them with X, Y, Z. And when they get on campus, it'll all be taken care of. And all of a sudden they come on campus and it's not taken care of. And I think the high character thing, I think the thing that wins trust in that moment is for you to look at them and say, hey, I really, really apologize. I thought we could, you know, whatever it is, I thought we could get you in that class or I thought that, we, you know, you'd be able to live in that dorm with that, you know, desired roommate. It just didn't work out. I apologize. Um, I hope you'll forgive me. Versus the, the coach that doesn't address anything, that just either blows it off and glosses it over. I think those little moments like that on character just, I think they really hurt. I think it might not even hurt in that moment, but the next time they see something, it's like, it's like 10 times uh, they lose trust because of those little cracks. So I think character is really hard to overcome. I think a lack of competency, you know, um, I don't think you have to know the sport great, but I think you have to be a leader that can kind of get up in front of the team and lead the charge. Again, you don't have to be super charismatic, but um, I think that that competency of like, I trust this person that he can, he or she can help me get to the level that I want to get to. And then obviously, like I said, the care, you know, do are, are, are you generally for them or are you for yourself and you're just going to use them to get what you want? Yeah, I love that you you brought in the um, the importance of you know knowing the game too, knowing knowing how to teach and help them improve. I think that's sometimes can get overlooked with something like trust. But I think that that really goes into the third principle, which is high challenge and high support. Mm -hmm. And it, what I've seen, I think the best coaches do this well. So, what have you seen that has helped coaches find the balance? I think sometimes the athletes' sense of what challenge is is different than where the coaches lined up. So, yeah, I guess what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think self-awareness is huge, knowing which, which way you t tend to lean, uh, because I think we all probably lean one way or the other. And so if you lean towards the high support, you, you, you just need to be aware of your default mode is going to be support. So you're going to have to pull, you're going to have to create some tension. You're going to have to pull on the rope a little bit. Uh, and be aware of more and more opportunities to challenge, and then vice versa. If you're if you lean towards challenge, you're going to have to be really aware of the of the um, you know need to support and encourage and affirm. And then, um, gosh, there's there's that's this is when the nuance plays out. I think I think w w a couple ways again feedback. And John, I've actually when I did my podcast with you. And your feedback Fridays honestly really, really resonated with me. And I've used feedback more and more. I just think there's something so valuable to feedback, not just from staff, but but from as you do it with your athletes, like to hear from the athletes. I think asking athletes, hey, how, how can I help you be better? Like I, I feel like I've been challenging you a lot lately or I feel like I've been do, – do, do you need more challenge? Do you need – like how can I help you reach the level that you want to get to? And getting feedback from them, I think obviously getting feedback from from your staff. I've just I've, guys like you, John. I've just and gals that that are just open and communicate and get feedback from their student athletes. The more I work with coaches, the more I just kind of see and sense the landscape of coaching. Those are the ones that are really, really helping their athletes get to a, another level. So, without that being said, I think the self awareness is critical. Knowing which way you lean. And then, um, gosh, that's the art of coaching, isn't it? When to, mm -hmm. when to challenge, when to support, 
And um, feedback is, is a really good way to, to, to kind of help navigate, am I, am I on the right track? Yeah, no, I agree. I was thinking, I think when I was initially thinking about this question, I was thinking the challenge was all maybe sport driven, like we're pushing them to, you know, develop new tools so they can, you know, do things on the court. But now that I'm thinking about it, do you see it both ways where it's, you know, developing their character or, or is there one area that the, the challenge, you know, needs to be driven even more than, you know, just sport? Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's a really good point. I, I mean, I think if you're, I think if your philosophy in coaching is I'm going to leverage sport to develop men or women. Yeah, I'm guessing it probably needs to happen outside of this sport. I think I'm probably like you a little bit. A lot of my thought of of challenge was primarily, if not all, in the terms of the specific on the field, on the court, you know, on the beach uh, type challenge. But I guess, um, yeah, it makes sense that if you're going to if you're leveraging the sport to develop the people, there's got to be challenge on on growth on a personal level. yeah, uh, yeah, challenging people. Yeah, challenging people to be on time, to be responsible. Totally. To you yeah. know, to come in, you know, ready to to work their butts off. You know, those seems like character things. And yeah, yeah, when I when I initially saw this principle, I didn't think in that way, but that seems like a big part of it. Totally. What do you What do you guys think on how do you how do you have a I don't even know if a good balance is the right word, but how do you know you're healthy on challenging at the level that you need to also supporting what what are your guys's thoughts yeah it's a, that's a hard one i'd like to hear billy's thoughts but um it seems like you know the more investment you make in getting to know them and and getting to know yeah what what brings the best out of them and what and i guess the more you know their personality then you're going to be able to observe it like you know am i pushing them do, you know at practice do they seem like themselves or do they seem really stressed then you know, if they're really stressed, then I'm probably going too far and, you know, not, not taking care of the care side. So I guess, you know, getting to know them and then really observing, like, am I bringing the best out of them each day through this balance? I don't know. What do you think, Billy? Um, I think, uh, if I picture a practice where maybe the balance was good, it would be really hard and challenging, um, where if John's my coach, he's pushing me, but at the same time, um, he believes I can do it and he's not, not losing his patience. I think if it's a, a challenge then you see the coach kind of frustrated because like I'm not getting it, um, that might be a lack of support. But if it's challenging and we're struggling and maybe it's taking a couple weeks, but he's with me the whole time right there, um, not giving up, then I think that level of support rises to the challenge. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. So if I hear you guys, I mean, I think maybe the, the lesson I'm hearing is like, you know, and this will tie in with our, our, our next one, like knowing your student athletes, like really having a pulse on them. And then I think the, the step beyond that would be to actually ask them, hey, do you feel like how do you feel like it's going? Like, can do you, do, do you need more challenge? You had a rough day at practice today. Do you need me to challenge more? Like I've, I've just been blown away by the coaches that really, really seek out um, feedback. And it's I think, I don't know, you guys might know better than I, it seems like sometimes when we're afraid of feedback, it's like, well, they, you know, I've got to be in charge and I'll dictate how practice is going to run. And it's like, yeah, no one's, no one's saying the athletes are going to take power, you know, quote unquote power away from you or start being insubordinate. But it just makes 
so much sense to, it feels like such a normal question to ask that I honestly didn't ask it a lot when I was coaching. So this is all learning from like how not to do it in, in many respects. Travis, have you found that the coaches you've observed have leaned or erred too far one way or the other when it comes to challenge or support? Yeah. Yeah. I think all of them do. I, I mean, I think, you know, the, the ones that lean towards support when they, when they get in a ditch, they're going to get in a ditch because they don't challenge enough. They're not calling their athletes to a high enough standard. And, and those that lean towards challenge when they get in their ditch, it's, it's like, man, people just need to like, you need to let people up for air and maybe encourage and support. And, uh, so yes, I, I think that's the constant tension or the constant, um, battle that the coaches have is know yourself and then know when I start getting, when I start, you know, when, when my car quote unquote starts leaning towards or starts pulling towards the ditch. So let's say I'm in the ditch of, or I'm too supportive, not challenging enough. Um, what do you recommend? Is it just making practice that much tougher? Is it having a conversation and kind of being clear on going that direction? Like how do you write that, that lane, I guess? Yeah, I think so much of it for for it, it seems to play out in in what is your example. It it feels to me more of a um, the coach sees that there needs to be some correction. They they see these things. There's just a level that it's it's harder for them to address the mistakes or the areas that they want this student athlete to, 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 to grow in. And for whatever reason, um, it's harder for those that lean support to look at him and say, Hey, let's go. You can do this. You know, let, you've got to clean this up or, Hey, let's go. I know you can do it. Let's, let's raise your level in these areas or, or really pointed correction for whatever reason, it's just harder for them to, to do that in this flip side. Um, so I, yeah, I think a, a flip side, someone that, that leans towards challenge, it's just, it's like a harder thing for them internally to look at someone and say, hey, I'm really proud of the way you did X, Y, Z today. That was phenomenal. Great job. You know, to someone that has high support, they're listening, thinking, why is that so hard? <laughs> and just someone that's, you know, high challenge that really leans that way when, when I say, you know, the, the, the other side has a hard time wrecked the, the high challenge guy or gals like, really, that's super easy for me. Um, so I think it's more of an internal, like you've got to just be super aware of it. And then one of the phrases I use with coaches is, uh, see it and say it. If you see something that needs to be applauded and encouraged, just say it. And if you see something that needs corrected, just say it. And I think, I know that sounds really simple, uh, but for the person that struggles with the challenge, if you see an athlete that maybe needs to, to be challenged or, Hey, no, 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 no. you, you got to do it this. Hey, let's do it this way or whatever. Just, just say it. Now, obviously I think you can take that too far than the coach is talking every single time. But I think the idea being, um, is just run to the tension for those of you that are high support, run to the tension for those of you that are high challenge affirm, encourage, tell people you're proud of them. Like that, that both those help the athlete raise their level. But Billy, I don't know if I answered your question, but that's my stab at it. Yeah. Great. 
Uh, yeah, as I was thinking too, I, I think what you had mentioned earlier, the idea of just you know writing this stuff out and even in reflection, I think it makes a lot of sense after maybe a day of practice and um, you know reflecting and writing it and just kind of getting a sense of you know how are my interactions, how are they taken, and I feel like you can like you brought up just getting a better sense of uh, the self awareness. So you're um, yep. yeah, just on top of how you're responding, and and then you can go to the next day and and improve as long as you're reflecting yeah or or you can also or you can kind of correct in the air like dang it man i missed an opportunity mm -hmm. to affirm that gal in the middle of practice yesterday and you correct it you pull you pull them aside at the beginning of the next day practice and say hey phenomenal job there i should have said something in the moment i missed it but i just wanted you know i think you can not just learn from it but you can also go back you know kind of loop back around and quote unquote, make amends for it and, and actually maybe challenge or like, Hey, you, you can be better and you know, you can be better. I want you to really focus in on here, you know, these three things or this thing or the affirmation side, either side, I think you can come behind and correct it. Yeah, that's a great point. I could see myself writing in the journal that night, like how I messed up and then just feeling better about it with myself, but then not the next day, like going to the athlete, like, Hey, this is, you know, I wish I would have done this Yeah, <laughs> and actually John, letting them know. Uh, I would say some of it depends on the environment. Um, you know, it's interesting coaching Billy and Stafford who were friends before they were people I was coaching. So I think sometimes I probably would go too much towards, towards care because of that. Um, and, and also like their peers where like, I feel like we were on, you know, very similar levels as athletes. It feels different when I coach my college team where it's a lot clearer, like, okay, I, I can see the things that they have to improve on. It's really obvious to me. And I feel more comfortable, maybe sometimes leaning towards the challenge side. So I think some of it depends on the environment. Yeah, for sure. I, I'd, I'd be curious too, if coaches listening, even I wonder if some players are easier to challenge than others. Right. Right. No, yeah, probably more. Yeah. Probably that's a better way to put it. The the personalities and the people than the environment. Some of us and are sensitive. Think, yeah, like Billy, you gotta really be careful with. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, and I think that's where self-awareness, like knowing like what is internally going on? Why am why is it so easy for me to like get after her and challenge her? And why do I struggle with the 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 other, you know, lady on our team? I, man, that's just knowing that's that self-aware. One of the things I always talk about is like before we even dive into leading others and building culture and all those, those things, you have to lead yourself well. And mm -hmm. that is the nuance of knowing yourself and leading yourself so that you can get the best out of all your student athletes and not just the ones that kind of line up with, you know, your wiring and it kind of fits, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you have tips or tools for, for coaches developing that, that self-awareness? Um, so I think there's some, you know, I, th I think there's multiple assessments you can take to kind of start the process of just getting a baseline of like it, you know, the, there's the, there's the disc, there's a profile called the flipping profile. There's, uh, Myers Briggs. There's all those sort of things that I don't think any of them are, are like just phenomenal, but I think they all kind of start the conversation um, and then I think, uh, having people in your life that love you enough to, to share truth with you is really, really important, preferably trying to create that environment in your staff. Uh, because let's be honest, the, the, the AD just probably doesn't see you very often, you know, 
And so the staff sees you in, in your worst moments and your best moments way more. So I think human feedback is important. And then, um, honestly, a lot of it, I think, is experience, but in the middle of experience, making sure you're reflecting. I think reflection is so important, and I think it speeds up a lot of areas in our life, uh, or speeds up growth in a lot of areas, with one of those main areas I think that reflection really helps is self-awareness, like getting a baseline, who am I, what are my strengths, and then and then trying to dive even deeper into exactly how you know how i operate and whatnot and then reflection is so important to speed up that process because most you know honestly a lot of coaches a lot of people in in general just kind of go through life they have these experiences and they blow through it and they get home and they have dinner and they you know they 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 catch a show on tv and they go to bed and they do it all over again and they do that week after week month after month without ever stopping to pause and reflect what am i learning what's going on how am i doing you know those sort of things so i think assessments help people in your life that can that can give you feedback and then i think reflection is a big one that was part 1 join us next week for more great insights from Travis Wyckoff here on coach your brains out by gold medal squared